0: We continue our series in the Gospel of Luke, in the footsteps of Jesus, and this morning we're looking at Love Your Enemies, and we are on the Sermon on the Mount, also known as the Sermon on the Plains, in the Gospel of Luke. Luke chapter 6, verses 27 through 38. But to you who are listening, I say, love your enemies. Do good to those who hate you. Bless those who curse you. Pray for those who mistreat you. If someone slaps you on the cheek, turn to them the other also. If someone takes your coat, do not withhold your shirt from them. Give to everyone who asks you, and if anyone takes what belongs to you, do not demand it back. Do to others as you would have them do unto you. If you love those who love you, what credit is that to you? Even sinners love those who love them. And if you do good to those who are good to you, what credit is that to you? Even sinners do that. And if you lend to those from whom you expect repayment, what credit is that to you? Even sinners lend to sinners, expecting to be repaid in full. But love your enemies, do good to them, and lend to them without expecting to get anything back. Then your reward will be great, and you will be children of the Most High, because He is kind to the ungrateful and wicked. Be merciful just as your Father is merciful. Do not judge, and you will not be judged. Do not condemn, and you will not be condemned. Forgive, and you will be forgiven. Give, and it will be given to you, good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over. will be poured into your lap, for with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. May the Lord bless His Word to our hearts and minds this morning. Well, as I said, we're looking at this great command and challenge of Jesus to love your enemy. Man, how hard is that? Uh, And we're on the Sermon on the Mount... Also, the Sermon on the Plain for Luke, if you look on the photos you'll see, for those who've been there, it's actually a plane on top of a mount. And so uh, it's where the Beatitudes are. And Jesus is teaching to the crowds, and he gives us this really lofty, if you will, <laughs> mountaintop kind of command or challenge. And at the heart of this is to love your enemy. And so I think that if you look at this, I really think, Love is such a challenge to love your enemy, right? How about if we start with praying for our enemy, right? So I think from praying comes love. But when I even think about that, I can't help but think about the, uh, the country song. Do you know that from uh, Jaron Lowenstein and the, the long road to love? And he's got a song called, I Pray For You. And if you're like me, sometimes I secretly feel this way. He says this, or sings it. I, I haven't been to church since I don't remember when. Things were going great till they fell apart again. So I listened to the preacher as he told me what to do. He said, you can't go hating others who have done wrong to you. Sometimes we get angry, but we must not condemn. Let the good Lord do his job. Just pray for them. I pray your brakes go out running down a hill. I pray a flower pot falls from a windowsill and knocks you on the head, just like I'd like to. I pray your birthday comes and nobody calls. I pray you're flying high when your engine stalls. I pray all your dreams never come true. Just know wherever you are, honey, I pray for you. Have you ever felt that way? I I know I have. I know I have. But I think... Honestly, if we really do pray for our enemies, it makes room, step by step, to go towards love. And you know what? That is a command that could change our world. And if you look at the headlines, you look around the news, and around the world, or across our country, or even in our community, you know that loving your enemies could transform the world. And I'm reminded what C.S. Lewis said. He said, oftentimes, prayer isn't so much to change God's mind, it's to change us. Prayer can change us. And I think that's so powerful. And maybe as we pray for our enemies, our hearts are changed. Our understanding of them changes. I I love the story that Philip Yancey tells about this uh, little girl who went to the pastor, and she was about seven years old. She sat down with the pastor, and she said, Well, the pastor just talked about loving your enemies. And she said, I really think that my stepmom is my enemy. She feels like that. And the pastor asked her to explain. She said, a couple years ago, her mom had passed away. She was dearly in love with her mom, just treasured her mother like any young girl would. And her mom passed away. She missed her, but after a time, her father found someone else that he fell in love with, and they got married. and uh, And her stepmom was was nice to her. She said, but she couldn't help but look at her like someone was trying to replace her mom. So this enmity, this kind of, you know, wall started to grow between them, and she started to do things maybe that were a little spiteful towards her stepmom, and then she felt maybe her stepmom was doing that towards her until finally there's this wall of kind of frustration between the two of them, and so the pastor said, well, listen, honey, why don't you try this? Why don't you try the seven-day prayer challenge? And she said, well, what's that? He said, just every day, I want you just to go take some time out and pray for your stepmom every single day. Can you do that? She said, yes. Okay, I'm going to try that. So she went home, and a few weeks later, she came back to the pastor's office, and pastor asked her how it was going, and she said, well, you know what? It's going pretty well. He said, well, say more about that. She said, well, I started to pray every day, like you said, towards my stepmom, that God would just bless her, and and then I decided I'd try to do some little things that she might like, like I I did the dishes, and I, I cleaned up the table. She said, one day, I even got her a flower from outside in the garden, and You know, step by step, she started to do things for me, too, and it's like the wall is slowly coming down. It's not like she's my enemy anymore. And even though she'll never be my mom, she's a pretty good stepmom. And I think that's the way sometimes God works in our lives, As we pray for those. We gain an understanding from their perspective, and we begin to see things that way. Maybe their hurt and anger comes from hurt and anger that they've experienced early on. And so to pray for our enemies, one of the most transformative things that we can do. And the second thing is to, to not reciprocate. Don't repay evil for evil. Isn't that the natural thing to do? To repay evil for evil? Someone does something to you, and you want to do something for them, towards them. And listen to what, what Jesus says here. He says, <clears throat> love your enemies, do good to those who hate you, bless those who curse you, pray for those who mistreat you. If someone slaps you on the cheek, turn the other also. Well, that's hard to do. If someone takes your coat, do not withhold your shirt from them. Give to everyone who asks you, and if anyone takes what belongs to you, do not demand it back. Do to others as you would have them do unto you. Man, that is so hard. And then Paul, as Brenda read, also kind of goes along with that. He extrapolates on and he says, Repay no one evil for evil, but give thought to the, what is honorable in the sight of all. If possible, so far as it depends on you, live peaceably with everyone. Beloved, never avenge yourselves, but leave it to the wrath of God. For it is written, Vengeance is mine, I will repay, says the Lord. On the contrary, if your enemy is hungry, feed them. If he is thirsty, give them something to drink. For in so doing, you will heap burning coals on their head. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. Man, so hard to do. <laughs> I love the story of, that John Orpour tells about Dave Hagler, who was... A, Umpire in a minor league baseball team in Colorado and the Rockies, and it was a winter day. And Dave Hagler was uh, in a hurry to get someplace, driving his car on the highway. And didn't notice that his speedometer was creeping up until he got about 15 miles an hour over the speed limit. He looked down, he saw the speedometer, and just then he saw the light starting to flash from the police officer in the rear. Oh, uh, he pulled over, and officer came to the window and knocked on the window, and he rolled it down. He said, "Listen, officer." I never speed, and I didn't notice how fast I'm going. Please don't give me a ticket. I don't want my insurance to go up. I'll never do it again." Now, ah, without mercy, the officer wrote him a ticket, handed him the ticket, and said, have a nice day. So he went on his way, and then winter turned to spring. It was the first day of spring ball season. The national anthem played. There is Dave Hagler behind the plate, and who do you know that steps up to the batter's box but that same police officer And the police officer turned to Dave Hagler of the Empire and recognized him and said, well, how did that ticket go for you? And Dave Hagler of the Empire said, you better swing at everything. (laughs) Isn't that natural revenge? How sweet it is. But what if we really turned that around and did small acts of kindness to change the world? How good it could be on a small level, on a greater level. Many times as we have learned about someone and we begin to do small acts of kindness, they might be different from us, but all of a sudden we realize they're very much like this, and our lives can be changed by that. I love the uh, Broadway show, also the book called uh, Les Mis. I don't know if you've seen the Broadway show or you've read the book. It's a great book, but the key figure is Jean Valjean, and Jean Valjean has been put in prison unfairly, really, uh, because he, he stole bread for his family so they could eat, but he was thrown in prison. He's been in prison a number of years, and he breaks out of prison, and he breaks into this priest's house for a while, and then the, the priest is very kind to him and gives him something to eat, tells him he can sleep there in the night. But in the middle of the night, this Jean Valjean wakes up, and he decides he's going to rob the priest because he needed money. And so he goes and he's taking the silverware, that's silver, silverware, precious silverware, and the priest comes down and surprises him, and Jean Valjean takes a candlestick and hits him over the head, knocks the priest out, and he flees. And the police find out about this, and so they pursue Jean Valjean and they take him back to the priest. And the priest recognizes Jean Valjean And the priest says, no, he didn't steal the silverware. As a matter of fact, it was a gift for them. And as a matter of fact, he forgot two other things. And so he takes the two candlesticks and gives them to Jean Valjean, one of them the one that he hit him over the head with, and said, take these. And then he whispers to him, I bought your soul for God. (laughs) And with that, Jean Valjean flees. The police know he's broken out of prison, so he's still wanted by the law but he doesn't have a crime over his head for stealing from the priest. And the rest of the book, the rest of the Broadway show, is about Jean Valjean sort of playing that act of grace and kindness forward in unlikely circumstances. Now, people's lives were changed. Well, you and I have an opportunity every day to do small acts of kindness. And it doesn't matter. Maybe it's just a grocery store, you know, or maybe it's uh, someone who, who needs uh, some money or something, or maybe it's someone who's done something spiteful, against us in the office or wherever that is. And you and I can just do a small act of kindness. Maybe they're just having a bad day. But if we repay evil for evil, it just turns to escalation. That's what happens when we retaliate. So pray for our enemies. Prayer might change our hearts to love. And don't repay evil for evil. And finally, to show grace, to show grace. And that's the key to the whole thing. To show grace the way we would like to receive grace. We're reminded that we pray the Lord's Prayer almost every Sunday, maybe during the week as well. But what does it say right in the heart of that? Forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. Forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. Uh, The great uh, writer and pastor Barbara Brown Taylor once said, God's got a lot riding on that semicolon, right? (laughs) Forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. In other words, it's a two-way street. And what did Jesus say from the cross? As he looked down at those who had nailed him to the cross in pain of crucifixion, he said, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. So Jesus knows what he's talking about when he says love your enemies and don't repay evil with evil but love those who persecute you. Jesus lived it out. And Jesus challenges us to do it, not on our own, but through the grace that we experience in Christ. We receive grace, and we give grace out. You don't know the incredible things that God is doing in people's lives, because many times we can't see it. Sometimes we do after the fact. We're going to sing Amazing Grace in a little bit, and as many of you might know, it was written by John Newton. And uh, John Newton lived some time ago, 1800s, and he grew up with a father who was pretty harsh on him, and he was very much loved by his mother, but his mother died at a very young age, and he was crushed by that, and his father became angry, turned to drinking, abused the boy, and the boy ran away, and he sent him to a military school where he learned some valuable skills of being a navigator and learned how to sail a ship, and uh, he ran away from there, fled to the coast of Africa, and there a slave ship spotted him and took him basically captive, but he became the navigator of the ship. And, uh, and he drank abusively, he was horrible, but he was part of the slave trading industry, and that weighed on him. And one day he, he led the ship's crew to mutiny, and the captain was so mad at him that he threw him overboard, but he realized he needed a navigator, so he harpooned him and pulled him back on the ship, and he was injured the rest of his life. But he's so crushed in that moment, the captain threw him down in the hold of the ship. And it was in the nighttime later that he looked up through the cracks in the floorboard, and he looked at the stars at night, and he remembered his mother praying for him. And he just, in desperation, cried out to God and said, God, if you could change me, then changed me and he opened his heart and life and god changed him miraculously he left the slave trading industry he became a, a pastor he was a craftsman first but then became a pastor ended up marrying his childhood sweetheart he wrote over 200 hymns and the most famous of which is amazing grace how sweet the sound that saved a wrench like me i once was lost but now i'm found was blind but now i see God's grace is more powerful than any of us could ever imagine. God can take the most broken soul, the most angry, frustrated, sinful, even evil soul, and through the grace of Jesus Christ, change them. For Christ has paid the price for all of it on the cross. So today, maybe we can be part in some small way of that grace that's abroad in our world and make a life changing force. We might not be able to change the whole world, but we can change and make a difference in one person's life. Who this week can you show a little bit of grace to that needs grace, and their life can be touched by that in a magic and powerful way? I'll close with two true sto- stories that I, I love, and uh, the first is of John Paul II. In 1981, Pope John Paul was shot four times by Ali Ufuka, who tried to assassinate and kill him. And the, the Pope lost a lot of blood. They didn't think he, was, he would live, but as they were wheeling him into surgery, he already was saying that he forgave the person who shot him, incredibly enough. After he got out of, out of surgery, later on as he recovered, as a long and painful recovery. He never really fully recovered from it. He found out that they had taken into custody the person who shot him, which name was Ali ofuka And uh, after a time, the the Pope wrote him a letter in prison and told him in writing that he forgave him. Two years later, he got permission from Ali Afuka as well as the prison guards to go and visit Ali Afuka in prison, and he personally sat down with him and prayed with him and told him that he forgave him. Ali Afuka's life began to change incredibly. The Pope also wrote Ali Afuka's family and wished them well. And uh, in 2000. Because of the writing of the Pope to the President of Italy, the President of Italy pardoned Ali Fuca, and he was let out of prison. The Pope went to visit in 2005 Ali Afuka and his whole family and had dinner with them. And it was just two months after that that the Pope passed away. And in an interview, Ali Ofuca said that Pope John Paul was the most wonderful person he'd ever met. He became a friend to him and his family, and their life was changed. That's a big step of grace. That's a big step of love and forgiveness. But, you know, when we do something like that, we can change someone's life forever, and that act of kindness becomes a light in a darkened world that changes things in powerful and lasting ways. We might not be able to do what the Pope did, but somehow, each and every day, you know, there are people who do things that are nasty and snide and rude and whatever to us. What if we just turned it around? I said, I'm going to do a small act of kindness. I love that random acts of kindness, too. Just do a random act of kindness to someone. You never know. You know, sometimes you just pay for the person's coffee behind you or something. You know, whatever it is, and it just makes their day. But you and I can change the world a little at a time by taking up the challenge that Jesus gave us to, to love our enemies. Start by praying for them. Don't repay evil for evil, but do small acts of kindness and to show grace. In closing, I just want us to remember that Paul the Apostle, who wrote that 12th chapter of Romans, it's beautiful and poetic. You might recognize it from the poem that came from uh, Desiderata in 1928. was also later made into a song where Leonard Nimoy was the narrator for it. But it's, it's beautiful and poetic, but it is a challenge. But the Apostle Paul, before he wrote that, was not a Christian sometime before that. In fact, he was persecuting Christians so much so that he actually stood beside Stephen. The first martyr for the Christian church as young Stephen was stoned to death because he was a witness for Christ. But as Stephen was being stoned to death, the Apostle Paul held the coats of those who were doing that, and Stephen looked up to heaven and said, echoing the words of Jesus, "'Father, forgive them.'" And maybe in that moment, Apostle Paul's life began to change in a way that he didn't even recognize, so that when he was on his way to Damascus uh, to seek the death of other Christians, all of a sudden the risen Lord appeared to the Apostle Paul and spoke to him and transformed his life in a lasting and profound way. But I have to believe that when Apostle Paul wrote those words in Romans 12, he had to think back to Stephen, this young boy, who hadn't lived long enough to do the many things that the Apostle Paul had, but because of that prayer, the Apostle Paul's life was open to grace of God Almighty. Many church historians have said that everything the Apostle Paul ever did, every church he ever started, every book he ever wrote, stands on the shoulders of Stephen, this young boy. And you and I might not be an Apostle Paul, but we could be a Stephen. So I challenge all of us to not dismiss the words of Jesus, which are easy to do that, because they're such a challenge but they're also words that can transform our world and the whole world one step at a time, one light at a time. Would you join me in prayer? Gracious God, we thank you for these words of Jesus and the words of the Apostle Paul that are such a challenge. But Lord, through the power of the Holy Spirit and the grace that you work in our hearts and lives, we too can be lights in the world. So Lord, help us to take up the challenge of loving our enemies, to pray for our enemies, and And Lord, to not repay evil for evil, but to do good, to treat others as we would have them treat us, and to show the grace that we've been shown. We pray this in the name of Christ Jesus, our Lord, and all God's people said, Amen.